Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. This is Michael once again. Thank you for joining us on the Unchurched Podcast, episode 249. We are making strides, folks. Um, I am really, really hoping. I, I talked with Sean the other day, and um, he's in good spirits, and he's doing well, busy, doing a whole lot of work, which is great for them, and um, I'm happy for the brother. Um he offered to come on and record. He was like, dude, you want to record this day? And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to be able to do it. And so it's my fault, folks. He would have been on this episode had I been available to record with him at the time that he had to record. So it's my fault. Hopefully we can get him. We can coordinate our schedules and get back together by episode 250 all right cross your fingers and uh we'll see if we can make that work (laughs) oh god i felt like such a douche um but i had some stuff going on that we can talk about later uh that I, i i just couldn't do it there was no way that i could do it anyway i'm behind the microphone right now and so therefore Let's go ahead and knock this out of the park. It's so cool. I've been so encouraged, though, by the way. So thank you guys for listening and and continue to uh, continuing to to uh, march along with us because I, you know, I'm looking at all the stuff. I'm looking at the stats and all that. And um, and you guys are downloading the episodes. You're sharing the episodes. And um, and I appreciate it. We appreciate it. I'm sure Sean is looking at it, too, whenever he gets a chance. And, um, you know, we've been talking. We've been keeping in touch, and we're going to keep this thing going. He's going to be back on. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm encouraged, though, because uh, with the numbers, it it shows that you guys aren't sick of listening to me. So that being the case... um, your attention just means the world to us, so we appreciate you. Anyway, so I had a few thoughts, and I brain dumped on the show notes, and I'll go back and try to clean it up a little bit later, um, but I had so many thoughts in my head about what to talk about today and how to kind of organize it. Um but you'll just have to work with me because I, I was going to I was going to talk about not giving a fuck. I was going to talk about how to stop caring about certain shit. And I was going to go down this whole rabbit hole. But I think I've got it tailored to be sweet, concise to the point. I just want to talk about the best part about being unchurched. Now. 
I, I've had several conversations with people, you know, many conversations over the years uh, that we've been unchurched. Uh, and I get all sorts of kinds of questions, right? Like, how could you leave the church? Um, you were a pastor. What about all the people that you you impacted and the people that depended on you? Or what about this? What about that? Um, what about all the all the work that you did and the and the people that you impacted? You're just gonna throw all of that away? Like I've literally heard people say this to me. You know, you're just gonna throw everything away. Your whole future and ministry and on and on and on. And um, I honestly did have to get to a place where I stopped giving a fuck. I really did. And I, I guess what I want to talk about today is not necessarily how I got there, but now that I've gotten there, um, these are some things that encourage me and keep me there. These are some benefits of that decision to leave the church that I'm still reaping the benefit of right now. My family is reaping the benefits of right now. So um, maybe once I get Sean uh, back with me, we can talk about, you know, how we got to this point. Um, but for now, this is this is what I want to talk about. The things that I've gained after leaving the church. And the number one thing is, and, and I've said it before, that I was a pastor. And we had multiple services, right? We used to do four services a Sunday. Two of them I did the preaching at. And um, oftentimes... You know how, you know how multiple services go, like you would have the same message that you would <laughs> preach each service. I didn't always do that. Um, there, there were many a Sundays where I did uh, two or three services, and there was three different messages every single time. You should see some of the notebooks that I have of sermons. There's so many of them. Like I've got like huge notebooks that um, that are golden that are going to go to my oldest um, as part of my will <laughs> when I die. I know it's dark to think of. I'm not forty yet, but he's going to get my he's going to get all my old notebooks. I think it'll be cool for him if he thinks it's cool. I don't know. I think it'd be cool for him to be able to see how I journal, see my thought process on things, the way that I meditate, the way that I pray, and just be able to get a better understanding of the way my mind works and my heart works and the way that I tick. Um, so that'd be part of his inheritance, part of what he gets from me. When I pass, besides a shit ton of money. Anyway, uh, on those services, though, you know, two, three services that I that I preached, depending on the Sunday. You know, I uh, I went through a divorce. What back in two thousand ten, and uh, 
that means I only had my son on the weekends. And it was actually only every other weekend because of the distance. And on Sundays, first of all, Fridays, I would pick him up by 6.30. We hang out all day Saturday. And then Sunday, we got three services. After the three services are done, the only time that I had left was to take him out to eat, get him lunch, and then we had to jump on the road to get him back to his mom. That was hard. Every single Sunday. I would have so much guilt about not being able to spend the the whole time hanging out with him because church took up such a large portion of the Sunday that we had and work and driving took up so much of the Friday. And so all we had really was that Saturday and it sucked not being able to have more time uh, to connect with him. One of the biggest things that I gained um, from, from being unchurched is being able to have that whole weekend with, with Micah and not be interrupted by anything. Obviously we still have the drive. We still have the distance. He's a lot older now, uh, since then, you know, that was 11 years ago. He's a lot older now. He was about to be 14. Um, the time that we have together on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning, on a Friday night, on all day Saturday, no matter what we're doing, it's so refreshing being able to just connect with him and not be, <clears throat> not be interrupted. I um, Even before we left the church, I had a mentor who would encourage me to just drop that second service and that third service. Just drop it. Just don't even worry about it. I'll cover for you. Just go spend time with your son. You know, um, it was hard. And those that were close to me saw how much of a weight that was. And and honestly, I, I was I was getting to a place where as he got older and that, that Sunday was so busy, I was starting to get resentful that I had to be there in service because I had to preach and then I had to pray for people afterwards and had to socialize afterwards and then had to rush out and had to rush to eat and rush to jump on the road. I started getting so resentful about that. Um, it, it was just completely unhealthy for me. And so once we, once we made that decision to leave, man, that I was able to actually work through those emotions and actually able to um, switch gears to focus more on being a father and letting that be more important than being a a pastor. And I I know know somebody might think about that and like, damn, that's deep. Um, I really didn't intend on being deep about that, but Honestly, it, it was a it was a very deep thing for me and a very hard conclusion to come to. But that was a huge factor 
and it, and it ended up being a huge benefit um, for me and my family. Um, the second thing or the second thought that I had uh, of a benefit was just the freedom from um, from the guilt trips. Now, of course, many of you probably still go to church and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, if you have a pastor that gets up there, that uh, gets up on the pulpit and condemns you because you don't pray enough or condemns you because you don't read your Bible enough or because you're not you're not dancing hard enough for the Lord or you're not singing for him or you're not serving or you're not doing enough of this or doing enough of that. I never have to listen to that shit again. <laughs> oh my God. To be able to get up on a Sunday morning and wake up whenever I feel like waking up and then not have to hear a guilt trip about being late for service or <laughs> something like that. Man, those those guilt trips are done. They're over with. Now, mind you, I, I still get you know, I've got family members who who will still say certain things like, uh, you're not bastard anymore, so what are you doing? <laughs> Where are you going? As if the only thing to do on a Sunday is to go to church. And I don't let it bother me. I don't let it, um, I don't accept that guilt that condemnation, that heaviness of, you know, feeling like I'm shirking responsibilities to the church. All that shit is over. I don't have to listen to anybody say that I'm not teachable or disobedient just because I, I have a different opinion on how things should be done. All that guilt is gone. All that shit is over with. And I'm telling you, it just makes life so much easier. I am not losing sleep over being stressed out about an argument of, you know, when we should, <laughs> when we should take the offering <laughs> on whether or not I need to push for more tithes or more offerings or how I do it or how I say it. Like all that shit is over with. The whole process and the stress of how we run the service and whether or not, you know, people like it, all of that shit is over with. It's all, all a lot of shit that I had to deal with on a regular basis, too. You know, it just being guilt free when it comes down to that responsibility that I had is life-giving it's a breath of fresh air it feels good it really does you know I truly believe that just because we disagree it doesn't mean that you know a person is unteachable or disobedient like no I actually don't want to do things this way and it's not a sin because I don't want to run the service this way you put me in charge, right? So this is how I want to do it. 
this is what makes more sense to me. And then arguing, no, this is how I want it done. And it's like, oh, okay. But you're not even going to be there. I'm, gonna, I'm the one that's going to be there. <laughs> just, all that shit is over with and it feels so good that it's over with. Um, the third thing is that I've got a renewed focus on what's really important. You know, I really do. I have a renewed focus on what's really important. My family has taken a higher seat in my life. And that's a huge thing. My marriage, my kids, it's all become more important. It's all become a, a, a greater focus for me. And honestly, it was less of a focus for me when I was involved in the church. Now, I've got no problem saying it. I've corrected it. I, I can't even tell you how important family is and how important it should be to everybody who's got a family. The family should always come first before church, before ministry, before helping out somebody else. Before feeding anybody else or clothing anybody else, family has to take that priority and that focus. And you may say, yeah, well, duh, that's a no-brainer. The fact is, is when you're in leadership in church, man, it's very, very hard to put family first. It's difficult. It's a, it's a problem that a lot of people in full-time ministry have. And sometimes it just takes, uh, it requires taking a break and stepping away and reevaluating what you're doing with your time, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your focus and your energy. And if it's out of balance and if it's out of whack, it requires us to make a change. It requires us to change our mindset or change what we believe about what we're doing. And, you know, and, and the next point that I want to come to is, is really what feeds this. The fourth thing that benefit the best part about being unchurched is that freedom from performance orientation. And what I mean by that is performing for approval. It's doing what you think is right based on what other people expect out of you. You know, a lot of my church life, a lot of the church life, I grew up in church. I was raised in church. And a lot of it was other people, leaders, telling me what to care about telling me what to focus on, telling me what is, you know, my responsibility as a Christian and as a, as a minister. It's been so, it was so out of balance for so long that, you know, <laughs> I, I remember I, uh, James Dobson, I think his name's James. What is his name? 
uh, I think it's James Dobson um, that had that whole ministry based on family. I used to listen to his uh, radio program, Focus on the Family. And even though that dude got a little wacky, you know, just like a whole lot of people got a little bit wacky as they got more and more successful and popular. I remember the the feeling of being challenged by a lot of what he had to say uh, because of my lack of focus on family. You know, it, it was it was it, it took an outside source like that for me to help me to evaluate where I was and what needed to change. And see, when you let other people tell you what to care about and tell you what's important, you relinquish your own power to think things through, to think, to, to think clearly, to um, make right decisions for you and for the people that you're responsible for the people that matter the most. I think all of us need to take that lesson and just stop allowing people to tell you what's important. Drop that performance orientation. Drop that, you know, doing stuff just to feel accepted or doing stuff just to feel validated by the church or by the church leadership, whatever. Us leaving the church, that's one of the biggest things that we gained. No more of that doing shit. It's it's like politics, you know. You want everybody to like you. You want everybody to accept you, you know. If you don't do this just right, you're not going to get to speak next week. <laughs> or fearing being set down because you did something, you know, that was disagreeable. Drop it, man. Just drop that performance orientation. It won't do anything for you. It doesn't do you any good. It 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 it, it carries with it this cloud of uh, fear of rejection that is just so unhealthy. No one should have to live like that. You know, <laughs> one of the things that helps this is an understanding of how much God really does love you. And I've talked about this over and over again because I truly believe it and I truly try my best to live by it. Um, understanding God's love for us, it makes us free from fear. The scripture tells us that perfect love casts out fear. Well, we know the only perfect love is the love of God. That's it. Everybody else's love is fickle. It's conditional. It's, um, you know, it wavers. You know, all you got to do is get your feelings hurt and then you're going to hold, you're going to withhold love. <laughs> it's just, that's how it goes. It's super hard to continue to show love when you're offended. 
it's hard to show love um, when you're hurt, when you've been disappointed, or whatever emotion you wanna um, you wanna say. It's hard to do it, but God's love is perfect because no matter what we do, no matter how we perform or behave, no matter what we say. His love doesn't change. It doesn't waver. It doesn't stop. It's not blocked. It's just, it's like the <laughs> the rain in the Amazon forest. It just keeps coming down. Um, and when you get a true understanding of that, it, it just, it, it knocks down the fear. It knocks down the performance orientation. And even though it's very difficult to understand and comprehend, if you can just start by accepting it, just the fact that you can accept that love from God, it'll start producing results in your life where, you, where you'll begin to, to think things differently and feel things differently. Man, when we left the church, I, I just I had to press into that to that truth that I didn't lose my sonship because I left the four walls. It wasn't like God was like, you're no longer my child because you left the house. Just like just like that's not what my parents did when I left their house. And I've said it, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. If our earthly parents are able to continue to love us, even though we leave them, how much more, how much more God and his infinite, perfect love, his ability to love us, despite where we physically are in this world. I'm telling you, if you if you think that, you know, those four walls is where it's at and that's the foundation of your relationship with God, you're missing out on so much more of a rich, rewarding and fulfilling relationship with God. <clears throat> the fifth thing, the last thing that, that I want to talk about is a, um, a benefit or the best part about being unchurched it's uh i found a I, I i i found more strength to press into god on my own i got stronger in my faith believe it or not and i know that sounds counterintuitive for um for people that want to stay in church or still go to church today and that's fine I know it sounds that way, but here's the thing. Leaving the church, I no longer had praise and worship, you know, corporate worship like that, right? We don't have somebody jamming behind the keyboard, guitars, bass, drums, you know, bomb-ass singers back there just blowing 
lifting your hands, falling on your knees, just being engulfed in God's presence as everyone is worshiping together. That was gone. You know what I had to do? I had to find another way. I had to do it on my own. And I find I found that the more I did it on my own, the stronger I got, the easier it was to enter into the presence of God. The more intimate it felt being in his presence, just me by myself. Just me closing my eyes and calling his name and instantly feeling him near. Instantly feeling the presence of God engulf me, meeting me exactly where I was at, at that time, immediately. I found strength in that. I found strength in pressing into him. Not because I had to, or not because, you know, uh, someone said that that was the right thing to do, but just because I wanted to. Just because I wanted to feel close to him, I pressed into him. And the more I pressed into my relationship with God, the stronger I got, the more my faith increased, the more my sensitivity to his presence increased. And it's not just that, but reading the Bible and studying the way that I've always done, that, that changed. Everything about the way I, I no longer study to put together a message. And when I stopped studying to put together a message, but when I picked up scripture to read it, it became more of a, a thing of how do I apply this to my life? How do I make this real to me in this moment right now? It went from, okay, I no longer have to give someone else a message to encourage them. Now I'm looking at stuff that's just encouraging me. Something that's building me up. What I need to hear for that day or for that moment. What I need to know about God right now. That was a huge change for me. And, and we know, Romans, Paul tells us, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more we get into his word, the stronger our faith becomes. Because we learn more of him. The way he thinks. The way he operates. His ways. His ways of doing things. It increased my faith. And increased my ability to... Um, how do I say it? Instead of running to someone else for help, I first go to him. And again, you know, you might say, duh, that's a no-brainer. But I'm telling you, when you eliminate the distraction of other people and the, <laughs> the stress of walking into a building and just waiting for an opportunity... It, you, your crutches are gone. 
your um your 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 base of of what you're relying on in in that building and in that pastor that focus shifts from them to him and you find that the results that you're actually looking for are not you, I'm going to say me, because I'm talking about me and, and the benefit that's come to me. The results that I was looking for came faster, came easier, with less stress, with less work. It was just better. It was just better. 100% better. So... I think we all have to manage our expectations. You know, it's it's one of the things that I had to learn uh, once we left the church. Definitely had to manage my expectations. And I had to manage my emotions a lot better as well. I had to deal with a lot of stuff mentally, emotionally. There's a lot of forgiving that had to take place uh, when we left the church. Uh, there, there's a lot of healing that had to take place. That's still taking place. You know, we're still, uh, we're still a work in progress, right? Uh, we're still working on stuff, still dealing with stuff. You know, um, but I'm telling you, it has gotten easier, and purposeful. And that's not even the right word that I'm looking for. But doing stuff on purpose, not because you you're that's what you're being taught in service, but I'm telling you, just going to him because he's all you got. There's such a freedom in that. There's such a comfort and a security in that. And knowing that I can just go directly to him, I can bypass everybody else. I don't have to go through a brother, a sister, a pastor, an elder, a minister. I don't have to go through any of them to get his mind and to get his heart. It's made me stronger in being able to press directly into him and get exactly what I need exactly when I need it. So for me, those are the best parts of, of being unchurched. You know, you can focus on the bad and what you miss. Or you can focus on the good and what you gain. And today, in this episode, I'm focusing on the good and what I've gained. And I'm happy. I'm ha- very, very happy with it. And um, I hope that if you've, if you're like me and Sean and you've left the church that you can find some of these same strengths in your life. And if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Just drop us an email, uh, hit us up on Twitter or or Instagram, and, and let us know your story, and we'd love to chat with you. So I'm going to end it right there. Check out our website, unchurchedpodcast.show, not .com, .show. Instagram and Twitter is Unchurched Pod, and uh, our emails are there and everything. You can contact us. We'd love to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening. Your attention means the world to us. Hope you enjoy your Sunday. Bye.
catch you next time. Peace.